What is going on, everybody? Welcome. This is From Screen to Shelf, a podcast about physical media, entertainment, and everything in between, from the silver screen to the palm of your hand. I am Will. I am here with my partners, Gabe and Chase. We're so happy to be here. We're super excited to get this thing going. It's been it's been a while in the making, everybody. Many, many discussions and many months of planning, but we're super excited to finally get this off the ground. It, it means so much to us. And we hope that everybody, every one of you out there, everybody listening can can join us and come along with us on this journey. Uh, we got a lot planned for this. We're going to be doing live streams down the line, uh, physical media unboxings, reviews. Like I said, everything in between from physical media, entertainment, from the silver screen to the palm of your hand. Uh, without further ado, before, before we uh, move on here, I want to m- pass it over to Gabe and Chase. Uh, they're going to be talking about what's in store for today. Uh, and then we'll jump right into it. So, Gabe, if you want to yeah, take the guys, go right ahead. Um, I'm super stoked because today we're going to be talking about The Exorcist. Um, it is probably one of my favorite films of all time. I've been waiting for this release for a minute. Um, I've been waiting to watch it. I actually just saw it yesterday. So this is all kind of fresh for me. So I'm super stoked. This is one of my favorite films of all time. We're going to be talking about OG Exorcist 1973. Um the legacy of that film, the 50, 50th anniversary 4K transfer, which just came out. Um, and Chase, we also have some new Exorcist stuff coming up that I think you wanted to bring up as well. Yeah, absolutely. So we're also going to be talking about Exorcist Believer. You know, a lot of people are excited for it, and some people are kind of going into cautious waters about Exorcist Believer, um, especially since it's a planned trilogy. So we're going to give you some thoughts on the trailer. We're going to give you some thoughts on what we want, what we may like from the trailer, what we don't like, just give you things off the top of the dome and then go from there. Yeah. So without further ado, I want to open it up with when was the first time you guys saw the original 1973 William Friedkin exorcist movie? Do you guys remember? Oh yeah. I remember Uh, the biggest. Yeah. (laughs) I remember just because I kind of grew up in that, that age where like the scary maze game, you know, it was Reagan. That was like the thing that would make you, you know, jump out of the chair and, you know, fall backwards oh, yeah. and stuff. <laughs> so mine's actually a little bit of a funny story. So like I kept playing that game in high school. And so then I was like, everybody was like, that's one of the scariest movies you'll ever see. And I was like, eh, you know, so that I literally just opened up a new tab, just watched it right there in class. Um, I remember even just skipping through. I was like, where's the scary parts? Where's the scary parts? And I finally just watched it. I didn't like the movie initially at all. I thought the movie was goofy. No, (laughs) No, for sure. Like I definitely appreciate it like a lot more now. Like, especially I think the last 30, 40 minutes of some of the greatest cinema ever, especially for horror. Um, Even if you don't like horror, it's a great drama, right? Um, On subsequent rewatches, it grows on me a little bit more and a little bit less in certain aspects, but that was definitely my first time ever watching it. And I'll never forget it. Never. What about you, Will? Yeah, for me, I mean, uh, Chase talked about high school. I, I was probably in high school the first time I saw it. Now, it's interesting. I should preface this with the fact that I started watching horror from a young age. Like, I remember my dad, and I've talked to you guys about this before. He had VHS tapes of different movies, Halloween being one of them. I think I saw that movie when I was six. So I had already been exposed to to many uh, different, different types of movies, uh, specifically in the horror genre. But there was the one movie that my parents never let me watch, and that was Exorcist. Um, and that's all I really remember about it is that every time I, I saw it in the store or like it, it came up in conversations, like, no, you, you're not watching that. You know, we'll watch this. You know, you can watch Halloween again for the seventh time where, you know, there's nudity and 
babysitters getting stabbed, but you, we, you can't watch this possession movie. So <laughs> I remember it was finally in, in high school when I, I was old enough to seek it out on my own. And uh, we were talking about it earlier, but when Netflix first came into the scene and, and uh, started with, with DVD rentals, I remember just getting it from Netflix uh, as a DVD. And I'm, I'm pretty sure it was the theatrical cut on the DVD from what I remember um, mm-hmm. looking back. But yeah, I remember watching it in high school and going, oh, okay, this is why they didn't want me to see this movie, um, <laughs> which, which makes sense, you know, growing up in a religious family, um, you know, at the time, you know, my mom was religious, you know, having grandparents that were super religious, you know, especially on my, on my mother's side of the family, I get why it was one of those movies where it's like, nah, we're going to wait a little while, like, mm-hmm. you know. All this other stuff's acceptable for him, like, but we're going to hold off on this. But yeah, it was probably around high school uh, when I first watched it. And uh, yeah, I, I don't remember how it impacted me initially, but over the years, you know, watching it, you know, more and more and, and kind of coming to appreciate it, it definitely grew on me. And, and obviously now, you know, being who I am, you know, as an adult, uh, I would say it's definitely up there as, as one of my favorite horror movies. But, you know, such a good character study. Um we're going to talk about that a little more as well, but yeah, such a, such a great character study and a, and a good drama. It's, it's, it's no secret, uh, why it, it was nominated, uh, for an Oscar and, and got the attention mm-hmm. that it did. Um, but I, yeah, totally understand why it was so controversial, but yeah, that's, that's what I remember. I was probably around high school the first time I saw it. I think I was younger than you guys. So the, the first time I saw it and my parents didn't know I had seen it, it was on TV. Um, I, they were out and about doing something. I think I was like, like 12 years old and I was I, I was traumatized dude I was like I, I was like watching it on tv and I like I was scared out of my mind but I didn't want to stop watching it because I'm like I want to see what what the hell's going on so I I watched the movie and I could not sleep for like the next few nights at all like I'd get up in the middle of the night I'd fucking just stay up all night because I'm like freaking I'm, I'm just like freaking out and I even remember <laughs> having like nightmares about it um and I didn't watch it again until I think when the Blu-ray came out with the director's cut, which I think I think that was 2010. I'm not sure. Um, so I was about like 20 or 21 years old. And um, I was kind of hesitant watching it again because I'm like, man, this movie freaked me the hell out uh, all those years ago. So I dived back into it and um, I loved it. I thought it's it, for me personally, I think what works so well for it because I do love dramas Um I think it's just one of those rare films where you you have this perfect blend of like horror and drama. And like you said, well, like kind of like this, this character study too, with like, you know, father Karis, father Marin, you have the stuff going on with Reagan and the mom, you have all the like kind of ideological stuff going on with like the religion and science and just all this like philosophical stuff going on with the film. And I'm like, there's not a lot of horror films that, that give you that much depth um, and give you a good story and good performances with it. Um, so that, that's, that's how I first watched the exorcist. I was freaked the fuck out as a kid. Um, and I'm almost like having flashbacks, remembering waking up in the middle of the night, not being able to sleep. But, um, it's, it's a movie that at least for me personally, it's stayed with me for a long time. Um, and, and it, it's probably one of my top 10 favorite films. If I ever get down to actually doing a top 10 list, um, it probably might even be top five. Um, so I, I've been super stoked for uh, the release uh, on the 4K Blu-ray. Um, and also, I don't, I didn't know if you guys knew this. There's two dates I think where it's coming out theatrically. I think on October 1st and the 4th. Um, I think it's coming out on Regal and Cinemark. 
Uh, they're doing some screenings of the original uh, director's cut, which I think is also the 4K transfer as well. So for all the uh, for all the people out there that want to go see it in theaters, I think it's a good time to do it. Um, so that's the impact it's had on me. I think it's an incredible freaking movie, and I've been super stoked for the 4K transfer. Um, the, I, we're not going to talk about the sequels, though, right? We're not going to talk about Exorcist 2 and Exorcist 3. You're welcome. It's fresh for me. Yeah, I mean, I I remember three well enough. I can talk about three. It's been a while since I've seen two, man. Like it's it's been and for good reason. But um, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. three is pretty fresh in my mind. I haven't. It was about a month and a half ago, maybe two months ago, when I watched that the Scream Factory transfer. But um, yeah, I mean, that's up to you guys. I pretend they just don't exist. So I don't know if we just want to skip. Unless Chase, I know you saw it recently because I know yeah. we're doing this podcast. I mean, did you have any thoughts? Because you usually that was like your fresh first viewing, right? Yeah, <laughs> he's uh, almost face palming right now. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I will just say this about Exorcist Two: it um, if you're even remotely curious about, oh, is this like one of those movies that's so bad it's good? Can I find any enjoyment out of it? If somebody says that they did, they're lying to you. They are not being honest. They are not being truthful. Uh, There is nothing redeeming about that movie. Like, after watching that, I did not want to hear Pazuzu ever again in my life. Like, I am going to just start just, oh, my God. Like, it it has to be name-dropped every 30 seconds, which I get it. It it, it explains some things, but not well. It tries to create substance out of nothing. And I think the mystery of the first one, while it did explain some things, should have just been left there. But I will say Exorcist 3 is one of the best horror sequels that you wouldn't expect ever um, along the lines of Psycho 2, which I know we're not going down that route. But I also love, I believe his name is George C. Scott, if I'm right. Um, I'm probably George C. Scott. Yeah, yeah I love Fantastic him in everything. Actor. Yeah, he, yeah, I will watch anything he's in, commercial, anything, you know, um, I love him. So yeah, Exorcist 2, don't. The curiosity killed the cat. Don't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And three, three is actually pretty decent. I, I actually, I think, because three went back a little bit more into kind of, it was a little bit more grounded back into the psychology of things. You know what I mean? Like whereas two was just, it was like you smoke some mushrooms and. <laughs> <laughs> the only yeah, thing I remember about that is James Earl Jones dressed like a fucking. He was like a bee or something. I don't remember. Was that it him? Was just, oh yeah, my God. I'm yeah. pretty sure it was James yeah. Earl Jones. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah there's memes was. with him on uh, like I, I gotta search them up later but yeah he was in that um but the yeah the, the sequels i mean we're not gonna delve too much into it guys the sequels i mean the, the third one for sure i think it's worthy of a watch for um, sure and then obviously we're gonna be talking about um exorcist believer later on in the podcast but um the 4k 50th anniversary transfer just came out i think you guys saw it before me um just because i've been so busy but also we were talking a little bit before the podcast that uh, we all watched different cuts i'd watched the theatrical cut uh which one did you watch chase i watched the director's cut because i'd never seen it before i i I assumed i had never seen it before and i guess i never did because there was some new stuff in there like the spider walk scene and stuff like that that I don't okay. recall ever. And Will, which one did you watch? I watched the director's cut. Um, I had planned on watching the theatrical as well. I just didn't get around to it. But yeah, the director's cut, I, I do remember seeing that a few years back. Um, you know, the big differences are obviously the, the spider walk scene being included. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, like we were talking about uh, earlier, a few scenes, some more intimate dialogue scenes between the two priests, Father Karras and the other priest. Uh, and then at the end uh, with the detective 
where he invites him out to the movie. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, just just some bits of dialogue and small character interactions that were thrown in there. That those are the main differences that stick out to me. Uh, just comparing the two uh, from what I remember. Yeah. Um, but it's... as far as the transfer, I, you know, I'd say 85, 90% of it was pretty solid, you know, with, with the grain and, and lighting. Um, I don't know if you guys want to touch on that as well from your, from I your think, perspective. Your yeah. I mean, like on my end, the, I would say like 80, 90% of the movie looked fantastic. I, I will say the opening is probably one of the best 4K opening oh, in a while with like the Iraq desert and everything. Yeah. Agree. I was like, holy shit, this looks like it was filmed yesterday. Like yep. with the HDR and just like the clarity, it it was freaking astounding. I, I don't think I will say I don't think the re- nothing in the rest of the transfer like li- lived up to that. But I mean, the rest of the transfer was very solid. Like I said, ninety percent of the movie. I think the HDR obviously had a huge impact on on the transfer. Um, you definitely see an uptick with the resolution. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think what we I mean, we're talking a little bit about before the podcast we want, we didn't want to delve into it too much but I think there were some issues with um I don't know we use me me and Will used the term smearing um but it's not like DNR smearing it was like so like when father Karis is in the subway when he's in the hospital with his mom the fluorescent lights man I don't know what it is there was like this aura around like the fluorescent lights that I don't remember and I have to watch the Blu-ray again um and the dvd but like i don't remember that it was like very prominent look kind of smudgy um and it, and it honestly threw me off a little bit so i kind of want to pose that question because yeah. i've been thinking of that since we kind of because we kind of talked a little bit we've been saving it for this but do you think maybe that's the hdr because we all love hdr nobody has complained yeah. about it, hdr it but could that... be our tvs too i mean i i, I have an oled so it Same. could just be the settings on my Same. tv i mean i will say this i've been watching i've had this tv for almost a year now and most of the stuff i've watched on it has been it's looked immaculate Agreed. you know um unless it's an issue with the transfer itself and like i'll usually be one to go online and see what people are saying either before or after i've watched it just to see if like the things that i'm thinking of especially after the viewing um if other people are having those same issues or, or pointing out the same things just so i know it's not me um just to kind of narrow things down but i mean the fact that gabe and i kind of witnessed the same thing i mean yeah it, it it might have something to do with the, the HDR, like Dolby Vision. I'm not sure. But, I mean, it didn't take away from the viewing experience. Agreed. I think overall it was still very enjoyable and obviously the best mm-hmm. that this film has, has looked. So, Yeah. I, and I don't know. I, I'm, I'm going to kind of echo what Will just said. I think I, – I, I don't know. Like it, it didn't take me away from it. I, I definitely noticed it though. Like when I saw it, I was kind of like, oh, what's that? That's like not yeah. – something I've used to because I've seen I, I usually watch this film like once or twice a year so yeah. I, I, I it definitely stood out to me in that sense but it, it didn't take me out of it um mm-hmm. and I know we were talking about is it just you know because it's shot on film is it but but I mean you have like 2001 okay. you know what I mean with like a lot of like the fluorescent lights and stuff on the ship and you don't see anything kind of like that I, I don't know yeah. if it's the contrast where in the subway scene it's kind of dark and then you have like the only lighting was the fluorescent lights on top. So I don't know if that's what played into it, but um, it did take me out a little bit during those scenes. But I mean, like I said, that's me nitpicking. I haven't read the reviews for the transfer yet. Um, I was actually going to beforehand, but I kind of want to just jump into the movie without any kind of preconceptions or anything like that, or because, or, or like watch out for anything specifically, because I know sometimes people will read, you know, the reviews online and then they're watching the movie and they're looking out for it. And uh, I don't know if that sometimes plays into bias or not. Um, but th- th- those I are the- I do want to watch it again. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I want to watch it again, Gabe, because you brought up the hospital scene, and I noticed it in the subway um, mm-hmm. with the lighting, but I, I didn't notice it in the hospital scene, so I'm interested to watch it again. I'll probably try to pop it in again this week, um, and I'll, I'll keep an eye out on the hospital scene in particular just to see if I noticed the same thing, but I, I definitely saw it in the subway. That's that's where it stuck out to me. So For sure. And even, I will say even, like, I think, I got to watch it again, but, like, when Father Marin approaches the house, too, mm-hmm. like, when that, that iconic poster shot. Yeah. I don't remember oh, yeah. if that was kind of there too as well. I'm not, I'm, I have to kind of watch it again. It had um, extra radiance to it because that's the most memorable scene in the movie to me outside of the most, the, the exorcism, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I definitely noticed that the light radiated more. It had more uh, luminance to it, but I wouldn't have said yeah. it was smearing. Um, but again, I also did watch the director's cut, which I doubt that affected it. Um, I need to go back and watch the theatrical cut for sure and just see if that flows a little bit better for me um, in the that aspect. The theatrical does flow. like So like in terms of just the, the plot itself, like the construction of the movie, yeah. the theatrical does flow better. Um, but then there are just some scenes I miss, kind of like what Will pointed out, like the discussion he, uh, uh, Father uh, Karras and Marin have on the staircase where I think Father Karras is like saying, why this girl? You know what I mean? Why is it this girl that's like being uh, victimized? And and like you don't get that in the theatrical. You don't get the ending scene with the detective and the priest. You don't get the, sp- the spider walk scene. Um, so there are some like really iconic scenes that are not in the theatrical. But at the same time, it does flow better. It's like, you know, you're in, you're out, you're done. Um, whereas... You know, some people kind of debate with the director's cut if it kind of drags a little bit because it's an extra 12 or 13 minutes long, I believe. Yeah, it's like a dozen minutes, I think. Yeah, so um, I, 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 I kind of go back and forth with each one, to be honest with you. I typically watch the director's cut, and then sometimes I'll pop in the theatrical just to see. Uh, but I do need to watch a director's cut, uh, 4K transfer. I haven't seen it yet. But overall, like, I'm, I'm pretty happy with it. I mean, I, I think, you know, I, I'd, I'd be curious to see what the community says. I haven't you know, read anything in terms of like Blu-ray.com or uh, what people on the Discord server were saying or the Reddit uh, were, you know, users were saying. But um, I, I'd say I'd give it like, you know, like 90% of it was very solid. The sound mixing was incredible. I don't know what yep. sound system you guys have, but the, they, did a, yeah. Yeah, they, do, they yeah. did such a good job with the mix on this. That That's what stood out to me. That's Agreed. what enhanced mm-hmm. it for me. And that's why I don't necessarily mind like visually some slight imperfections here and there um, with the structure, like the grain structure that I didn't really, I'm not going to nitpick, but yeah, the soundtrack definitely in the score and just the Atmos mix, like with the growling when, when Reagan's possessed and just those mm-hmm. small things that like, mm-hmm. I never remembered being as such an intricate part of the viewing experience. It really brought a lot, a lot of that stuff out and that, you know, I was just yeah. like, wow, this sounds, this sounds great. You know, watched it in a dark room and it just added to that experience, yeah. especially during the possession scenes and the exorcism scenes. I think that's where it was most prominent for sure. I think that's where I saw a lot of the Dolby Atmos utilization was, uh, you know, like when the cracks were kind of like, you know, going yes. on the ceiling and like, you yeah. know, like her levitating and like just that whole scene, like you really get the Dolby Atmos to shine. Because um, I was worried about Dolby Atmos in, in the sense of, like, how do you utilize it in a film like this? Because there's a lot of talking in this film. Yeah. And, uh, like, kind of the same with Godfather. I mean, I, I don't remember if Godfather had a Dolby Atmos mix. I don't remember if you guys know. Um, I think it did. I don't know. I, yeah. But like, yeah, to me, it's like Godfather's, like, all dialogue. I'm like, how are you going to utilize Dolby right. Atmos? So, so I'm, I, you know, just because something comes out in Dolby Atmos doesn't mean I get kind of, like, automatically hyped for it. 
Um, this, when they announced it for this one, you know, I was expecting it, but I was kind of wondering how it would be utilized, but I thought they did a fantastic job, especially during the possession scene. Yeah, that wasn't like my biggest takeaway out of all of it. Cause like where I'm sitting right now, sometimes like my TV's angled in a way for me to be able to be here and then watch it also at the same time. And mm-hmm. I remember like, I might've I've seen the movie a lot of times, right? Outside of the director's cut parts and stuff like that, that I'd immediately tune into. It's just like you said, really didn't know what to expect about the Atmos mix for the most part, right? Because it's just like you said, it's talking a lot. But that last 30 to 40 minutes with the exorcism and everything like that, I'm glad you said that, Gabe, because the cracks in the wall gave me a jump scare. I don't know. I haven't Mm -hmm. been jump scared in a while, but the way that it came in and it punched like extremely well, it just it had this sense of elevation on that Atmos mix that I haven't see i mean of course it's probably been used and stuff like that and it's been utilized in that aspect because that's the whole point of a 7.1 channel audio system right for the highs and lows and the mids but those cracks on the walls whenever the bed was rising and then the score and the way that it would rise with everything it was just immaculate and i would have to put that in the top five atmos mix i've ever heard for sure especially due to like yeah that that last 30 minutes it's mostly because of discoverability of things i've never heard before Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like those intricacies that add, like I just said, like I just got jump scared for the first time in years in a movie for something that mm-hmm. I've seen so many times and just the slight silence, the slight cracks, the creaks for them to kind of make me go like that. And it was like, whoa, what's going on? You know? Yeah. Um, it was so punchy. Like it was really good. And that overall, like whole, is it the best Atmos mix? No, but I think it's the best utilization of Atmos, especially for during the yeah. exorcism scene for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm it's glad cool that they hear you say that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think they did a fantastic job. It's also a testament. I mean, a lot of people like to focus on visuals when they review, you know, 4K and UHD transfers. And I, I don't, I mean, this could also be me, like my experience from what I read, but I don't see a lot of people talk about sound mixing that often. It's um, important. But I think it's mm-hmm. incredibly important because again, it could, it could make or break a movie in, in, in a situation like this, like with Chase. Uh, make a movie feel new again. It's like, you're, yep. you know, watching it for the first time because you're, you're now hearing things that you never. Not that you didn't hear them before, but now you can hear them so much more clearly. And more know? prominently, um, for sure. Yeah, so that's that's super cool. But yeah, I, I overall, I'm pretty impressed with this. Um, you know, I want to watch the Blu-ray again. I have it, uh, the, the Steelbook somewhere. So I'd, I want to watch that at some point and, and just see uh, if there's any differences with the sound. Just to, just to compare the two, because I always like doing that every now and then. So I'll probably try to do that. But I think I'm going to watch the theatrical next when I have a moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and check that out. But overall, like so far, I'm I'm pretty impressed with uh, with the work that they did. You know, so yeah, yeah kudos to Warner solid. Brothers for doing a decent job with that. And did I? I don't remember if I haven't looked this up. Surprisingly, I think Friedkin was involved with before he passed yeah. away with the transfer. Yeah, and I did see that in the credits. It it mentioned that. Um, it, it said that he was involved with that process. So I mean, that's that's good to hear. Yeah, because I was questioning that as well. Like, oh wait, he's passed away. I wonder how much of a hand he had in that. Um, because we you know we heard of the whole thing with Bug just kind of you know falling off the map. Um, so yeah, I'm just curious. Uh, I was curious. I should say leading up to the release, like how much uh, involvement he had with that with that transfer. So. Yeah, it, it looks it's, like uh, looks like he was solid. present for that. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think he. Yeah, and I don't know. I mean, obviously he was involved in it, so he probably saw the final product. I think it's it, this is the best the film's gonna look like, like despite like kind of the small imperfections, uh, and that's just nitpicking at that point. Um, 
And like, yeah. I'm glad you guys brought up the audio because sometimes I fall in that trap too. I'm so concerned with like how the movie's gonna look, and you know, the, the Dolby Atmos is freaking incredible. Um, I mm. think it's it's. I'm super happy and super stoked they utilized Atmos for this uh, release because I honestly didn't know how they would, but they they kind of proved me wrong. So, um, yeah, man, super. I'm I'm super stoked that we finally got it on 4K, and that's another one down in my long list of. <laughs> You've been asking for that for long years. Awaited. Oh, dude, and the next one is No Country for Old Men. Like, that's oh, for the sure. One I'm like, yeah, yeah I'm man. waiting for that one for like, oh god. Dude, that's gonna be like I'm just gonna be as so long. stoked when that one comes out. Yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> well, there will be blood. It sounds like that one kind of it didn't get officially released, I think, but it, it got put up on some French website or something like that. A listing came up, so I'm thinking that No Country should be soon, but we'll see. So I'm curious. Yeah. Usually, guys. if there's an international listing, it means that U.S. isn't far down the line. So you know, we mm-hmm. usually get them at least within a year. You know, afterwards, it seems like at least as of late. You know. Yeah. Yeah. But so I know people super, are going to wonder about this real quick before we move on from this. What would yeah. we give it out of 10? People are going to be curious because we talk about it, have some of these tiny nitpicks. What would be our overall score for this release? I would the, say yeah, 8.5 out of 10. That's what I'd give it. You said 8.5? Yeah. 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 That's I mean, what I, I, I haven't. Well. Yeah, I would, I would probably put it in that realm. I haven't looked at the extras. I haven't checked to see what's included on this disc because I'd be curious because they're, they're coming out with like the special editions, which apparently have more extras. So I feel yeah. like, like if you just mm-hmm. got like the basic Steelbook release, and, and granted, I, I, there's nothing on it. So it's bare bones. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You know, I, I, I like that shit. Like, I like all the extras. I'll sit there and watch a commentary or listen to the extras or watch the behind-the-scenes stuff, whatever they have on there. So for me, like, obviously, that's going to take away from the rating. Mm-hmm. Um, I did pre-order one of the special editions. I think it comes out October 20th um, off of Amazon. So uh, when I get that in, I'll, I'll be stoked to kind of check that out. But, yeah, I mean, without the extras, I'd probably give it, like, a 7 you know, but obviously with Fair. the extras, I'm, it's pretty much a complete package. I mean, as far as the transfer itself, like if I'm rating that out of four out of five or, or probably a four and a half out of five, mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. I think that's fair, you know? Yeah. I mean, I mean there's a the sound thing. I do five out of five hands down. Like, Easy. You know, yeah. I, I loved it. The sound mixing is perfect. I, I, I don't think it hit like 2001 kind of reference quality. Not um, reference quality, but it, yeah. it was up there. But it's it's something I'm happy with. As like a longtime fan, I can definitely like you know like I'll, I'll pull out the 4K from here on forth. I'm I'm not you know uh, yeah. I, I don't think I'm gonna be opening up the 2010 Blu-ray anytime soon. Sell it, <laughs> right? <laughs> Sell no, I'll keep it, man. I mean, I, I keep, keep it, I'm man. I'm one of those weird hoarders, dude. I keep every version of every movie, and I don't I don't know why I do that because like my shelves are just I'm losing shelving space right now. But yeah, I'm super stoked with the release. I'm I'm super happy with it. Um, and that kind of leads us into uh, the upcoming Exorcist Believer movie, which um, I don't know if you guys want to talk about the trailer first, like impressions from the trailer first, and then maybe just kind of expectations of the movie. Yeah, yeah. Chase, did you want to take the lead <laughs> on that? or I, yeah. I have my thoughts, but I'll, I'll let you go. It, my thoughts are pretty simple, even though that was uh, where I opened up at the beginning of the podcast. I haven't seen the trailer. I avoid, <laughs> I avoid oh, yeah, trailers. I forget that you forget. Yeah, yeah. I don't watch trailers. Um, I'll watch a teaser at most because it doesn't give much away. But typically, and um, we've all talked about this before in the server amongst ourselves and stuff. I just avoid trailers because there's been too many times that too much has been given away for me. 
um especially like i feel like um a lot in that new scream the trailer was given in a way um and halloween kills specifically a lot was given away in the trailer and then also some can be like very misleading so i just kind of avoid those um so i'm going in blind when i go to see exorcist believer and that's kind of how i like to enjoy it like it's a horror movie i'm gonna go i i watched this movie slother house if you guys have heard of that i went to the theater to go see that mm. didn't even watch the trailer i just said that sounds like the dumbest movie i can go watch right now so i'm gonna go watch Slaughter it. house right i have that pre-ordered uh the yeah Blu-ray. it was decent i mean it wasn't yeah keep your expectations to the ground and you will be blown yeah. away so yeah, i'm probably, yeah. probably gonna return it <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's, seen, it's we, should do, we should do. No, I was just gonna say off on an off note, we should just do a podcast on horrible like pun horror movies because there, there. I think there's one called Caddy Hack that's out as well. <laughs> that sounds great. I'm, I'm being completely serious. Oh man. Anyway, but yeah, I mean, I, I the trailer. I, I don't know, man. I, I, I wish I had the willpower that you do, Chase. Let's just say that I wish I could like. I could be a Green Lantern. Not, yeah. <laughs> I, I wish I could like, you know, I hear like, oh, Exorcist trailers out. Like I'm automatically just seeing it. But I mean, interestingly enough, though, I saw I, I saw the first trailer when Oppenheimer came out. I think that's when they released the first trailer. So that was kind of yep. it just kind of took yeah. me off guard. Um, and I'm I mean, I think that it's a good blend of something new, but also kind of keeping faith to the original, at least from what I've seen so far. Um I, I like the, 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 at least from what the trailers have shown, the, the design, that, that teaser poster with the two girls on it is freaking phenomenal, at least in my opinion. I think it's like fucking mm-hmm. horrifying. Um, and just, I think it's, it's, I'm happy they're kind of doing something new with it, but also just kind of keeping with the original. So, um, the, the, the trailers have been awesome for me, at least on my end. I don't know. Will, have you seen the trailers for it? I've seen the first one. Um, I've been refraining from the second one just because I'm kind of like 50% in Chase's court where I don't like to watch too much. And, you know, I was, I was very let down by the Halloween kills trailer. Mm. Um, and, and that pretty much gave that movie away. And, and also being a Blumhouse release, I'm, I'm trying to like be wary of that. Uh, so I, I don't want to spoil too much, but I, I did watch the first trailer and, uh, it was okay. You know, um, there was nothing that really stood out about it other than like the flash photography at the end. I really liked that. That was probably mm-hmm. the, the best thing. I think that was probably, yeah, I'd say that's my favorite thing about it. Uh, I think they did a good job with that. Um, it really kind of gave you that vibe at like hearkening back to the original um, trailer for the 73 film um, where they mentioned that, you know, things are happening to a small girl, you know, in this apartment and it, it shows the, the demon and, and all that. And it, they employ a similar technique with that, so that was a nice callback to that. Um, yeah, it definitely has that modern look to it, which is expected. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic, uh, and I say that because you know David Gordon Green obviously directed the the more recent Halloween films, which have been very you know I've been vocal about how I feel about that trilogy being a mixed bag um, for me. So. Yeah, I'm. I'm just. Uh, I have hopes for this movie. I want it to do really well. Uh, obviously, I want any movie to succeed. Um, but yeah, I'm just interested to see how they handle this uh, with Blumhouse being behind the wheel. Um, I think David Gordon Green can pull it off. I've seen. Uh, I was talking to Chase about this earlier. Uh, George Washington. I think he directed that. That's that's a fantastic movie. Mm-hmm. He does really well 
with with material that's closer to what uh, The Exorcist is. So, like with Halloween, my favorite scenes, and I, I think the thing that stood out to me with Halloween was the interaction with the characters. Uh, we can use Halloween Ends as an example. And when you guys hear me talk about these movies, you're gonna I'm gonna reference Halloween a lot, um, yeah. just because the, the way that example. they're going about. Yeah, but the way that they're going about these films is literally the same. As, as far as their release strategy, it's the same way they went about releasing Halloween, which you know can be a good thing or it, it can be a fallback. I don't know. Obviously, that remains to be seen. But I, I think what I liked so much about Halloween Ends was that it was such a character-focused story. Um, now, obviously, you know that movie is very polarizing in itself um, for obvious reasons, but I think in terms of the character study that we see in Halloween Ends. I think David Gordon Green did a good job with that. Um, and that's why I have optimism for this, because obviously, as we mentioned, Exorcist is a much more character-driven story. It's not plot-driven. So if, if that's anything to go by, um, then that leaves me hopeful, because that, that's that's, I, I think that's good work. You know, with the, the Michael story aside, if you look at Halloween Ends and, and look at the work that David Gordon Green did uh, with with the Corey Cunningham story arc, um, I think if he approaches this film in the same way that he he did that, I think we're in for something that's going to be, you know, above average, which is good, right? Um, I just think it's important to hamper expectations to a degree where you know this isn't going to be the original, you know, it's just not. And I think if we go into it with with an open mind and just that idea that, yeah, okay, as long as it's good, if it's solid, then that's a win for everybody, right? Yeah. Like, if it's a solid movie, um, then I think that's that's something that everybody can be be happy about. So that's kind of where I stand on it. But from the trailer, um, yeah, I mean, the trailer was okay. I really like the flash photography stuff at the end. Like I said, that's what really caught my eye. Mm -hmm. So, And that could be kind of like me. what Chase said. I mean, sometimes they put stuff in these trailers and that might not even end up in the final cut of the movie. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Which sucks. Yeah. It's like it garners this kind of expectation. And then when you see the movie, it's like, well, okay, <laughs> yeah. that didn't happen. Um, yeah. It's hard not to compare kind of like what you were saying, Will, the the Halloween trilogy, because it's pretty much the same like release format, right? You have like this mm -hmm. classic film, you're doing kind of like a spiritual like i mean a, a, actually it's a direct sequel technically they're speaking, saying you know it, what i mean yeah they've come out and said it's a direct sequel to yeah. the first film so, so you know they're negating they've, all the other installments yep and 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 by saying that they've also put themselves in that category so i said like, okay well now the bar is set so to speak so it's a matter of them meeting that so and i at least and chase and i have talked about the halloween trilogy um and, and and it's impossible not to talk about Exorcist Believer without mentioning the Halloween trilogy just because of yeah. Green. But I think it's, it, I think he's great at plot and, and like what you said, kind of character development. Well, I think like I loved the first one, the 2018 Halloween release. Like that was my favorite one out of all three installments just because I, I think it really focus down on the psychology of, of the characters and also showing mm -hmm. kind of like what what trauma did to someone you know like you know decades down the line um and i i was super into that one but i think it the trilogy kind of started losing me with with kills um with the whole kind of and i understand what he was trying to do and i appreciate what he was trying to do but kind of the whole community aspect of everything i think yeah. it took away from the more intimate psychological character development between the characters um and i know i think chase you correct me if i'm wrong you liked 
Halloween kills more than Halloween ends, right? <laughs> no, so like I or, have a completely actually I think Will and I somewhat agree. I'm like we're like halfway in agreement about that trilogy. I agree completely about um David, or, you know, the script writing, the directing. I did not like 2018 at all. I really didn't. Mm. I thought it was like completely lame. Uh I know that's a hot take out there. I loved kills, but purely because when I go in for a slasher, I'm not expecting a story, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not like at least super plot driven, right? Like I don't mm-hmm. go watch Friday the 13th to get into the lore of it. I don't go and watch um, Halloween, the original one, or even Season of the Witch to get into this deep dive in story, right? Um, I'm there to see somebody just go crazy with a yeah. butcher knife or whatever their tool of choice is. Just like Texas Chainsaw Massacre is a is a great example of that. There's substance to it, but there's not too much to it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Kills I liked because he is just an elite assassin in Halloween Kills. <laughs> like that opening intro with the firefighters, he just goes crazy. Um, I, I same complaint the community aspect. I liked it. I just think that they went about it too hardcore. Which also leads me to ends. I love that one, but there's only one complaint I have, which I've put into the server. And we've talked about this one as well before, where I just, if they had just simply, what was his name? Corey, um, the guy that they make you want to care about in Halloween ends. Had it simply just been Lori Grant, Lori's granddaughter's boyfriend that was in the first two installments that was wearing the dress in the first couple two. That would have been so much more believable. The whole nine, absolutely everything about it would have been so much better done had you just, even if you still kept everything the same, just changed the aspect of the story to that guy, I think it would have made more sense because you had a character, you know, instead of just giving me a new person to worry about, which that's kind of my worry about this trilogy. I'm going to go see all of them. I just don't Mm -hmm. want it to be changed up like a Neapolitan ice cream style where I'm getting three different flavors instead of some Mm kind of consistent flavor across the board. I like it when it changes up, but not when it's a trilogy, right? That's a perfect way to say it. The what yeah. you just said was uh, my, that's how I would describe the Halloween trilogy. 2018 is definitely, um, as Gabe was saying, it's the most cohesive mm-hmm. of all mm-hmm. of them. Um, yeah. And then you have Kills, which is just this like rampant, like you know, let's give Michael some PCP and let him loose, and you know, he just <laughs> goes crazy. And then, and then you have Ends, which is kind of such this great character story that comes out of left field and just in a way unexpected. And it's like, wow, this is great. And then it's like, well, wait, when Michael shows up, it kind of takes away from that intimacy that they set up Mm -hmm. with, with Corey. Um, But there's another thing you said that I think is important. You talked about when they opened it up to, to make it more of a, like Halloween kills for that matter, when they, when they made it more of a community driven film where it's like, okay, now the whole town is involved. I think in a sense that takes away from the horror of it. I, I think it takes away from the intimacy of what was so scary about that original film. And we don't want to talk about Halloween too much, but I think it's important to look at that and and compare it with The Exorcist because the original Exorcist, the horror that comes from that is it's an intimate type of horror. It's a Agreed. mother and her relationship with her daughter behind closed doors. Nobody mm-hmm. else knows that this is happening other than the people that are in their close circle. And that's what's so scary about it, is that it's contained. Um, I'm, I'm curious how they're going to make three Exorcist films, because I have a feeling they're going to want to experiment creatively, which I'm all for. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a matter of whether or not I think they can execute those ideas in a way without, without making it too big. Because I think the problem with Kills is they elevated this, the, the, the stakes, so to speak, but it was such a large-scale movie in terms of that whole community aspect and the mob mentality tropes that were present throughout. 
I think it kind of took away from what could have been a, a decent horror film. And I'm, I'm worried that they try to do something like that with The Exorcist because The Exorcist just isn't that movie. It's, it's just, it's, it's not, it's hard to, to, to show a possession film or to, to make a possession film with that kind of framework. So, you know, I want them to be creative and try new things, of course. Um, I just, I don't want them to, to reach too high, uh, to a point where it's like, okay, like, what are we going to have a possession film where like the whole town gets involved? I just, I can't see something like that working out. I just think for a movie of this caliber, like the exorcist with that kind of story, um, I just think that works so much better on an intimate level. Um, I agree hundred percent opening it up. I yeah. think and just bringing this up because I saw this a few days ago, actually, there was a, a video that uh, David Gordon Green posted, or I think it was it was some maybe some other company. Uh, they were reviewing the trailer and he was kind of stopping the trailer, talking about it, stopping the trailer, talking about it. Um, yeah. And I think he, he might be bringing that community aspect into it because he talked about like the church and, you know, the you know, the whole community kind of having different beliefs in terms of, you know, not only just mm -hmm. religion, but also, you know, science and all that stuff. So I don't know how how much he's going to branch out and do that. I do think I agree with you 100 percent in the sense like for it to work, it needs to remain kind of this like int uh, like intimate kind of almost claustrophobic kind of feel because yeah. like the, the I think the why the original worked so well was because you you felt like the mom like you said it was happening behind closed doors but also like she was alone like she didn't have anyone to help her she went to all these doctors she went to all these professionals and everyone's like i don't know what the fuck's going on and she's alone she has no one to turn to and i think that that makes it kind of really terrifying yep. you know what i mean so it, i i'm hoping they play off of that i think they could probably play off of it with believer i'm concerned about any additional installments after that because i don't know how you can take the like what you guys said it, it's it's character driven story the plot is really just the possession um yeah. I, I don't know how you can kind of you know spread that out over three films i think i think you have enough going the first installment with believer to bring um i, I feel like shit. i don't remember the actress's name uh reagan's mother's in in believer um she's there you have enough going on with that um but i, I don't know what you're gonna do after believer oh, the they have returning cast from the original? Ellen Burstyn is back as mm -hmm. Reagan's mother. No yeah. Linda Blair as of right now? Uh, Linda Blair as of now, from, from what I've read, is that Linda Blair is kind of there in the same, kind of in the same way that Nick Castle was kind of there with Halloween. He was just kind of involved as uh, kind of like blessing and, you know, giving his blessing and just being there as a reference mm. and, and uh, regarding consulting. Okay. So Nick Castle and John Carpenter were heavily involved on set uh, during the making of, of Halloween 18 specifically um, to kick that off. Um, Nick Castle was kind of there as, as a, a reference, you know, to go to for, especially for James Jude Courtney. So I'm assuming Linda Blair is kind of serving that same purpose. She's kind of there as, as kind of an arbiter of like, okay, well, this is how I approached it. You know, maybe for the girls that are, you know, being possessed in this film, she, I think she's just there. Uh, doing a lot of consulting work now uh, whether or not she makes an appearance in any of the subsequent films is another story that's up mm -hmm. for debate I think it was Chase uh, you mentioned earlier that um, she's been hesitant to come back yeah um, do another film because of uh, some not so not so pleasant experiences she had during the making of uh, of the 1973 film so 
yeah, I, I don't really know what her involvement's going to be moving forward. But as of now, I think she's, uh, she's there as a consultant and just to kind of give her blessing to, to what it is that they're doing uh, with this movie. From what Green I, did, from what Green I did talk about it. I think uh, they're in that YouTube clip where he's going over the trailer. He brought up Linda Blair, um, and I think he mm-hmm. said kind of what you said. Well, she was there to consult, but also, um, she he said that he was she was also there to provide a kind of like emotional support for the girls, just because okay. when she was doing the original, um, I know th- I think during the original they had like a psychologist there with her, just because a lot yeah. of the stuff was like so dark. Um, mm-hmm. So she's kind of kind of filling in that role to kind of give some emotional support to these girls saying, you know what, this is what I went through. This is kind of um, how I did this and just kind of filtering some of that stuff for them. Um, mm. So she, she was involved in the sense of like being a consultant, but I, I don't, I don't think she's showing up in the movie. Yeah. Uh, without giving too many spoilers away. Cause they, they kind of mentioned something in the second trailer. So um, yeah, I, I, you have some of the original cast, right? At least the the mom's going to be in it, but I I don't know what else you have in terms of doing a second or third installment. I, I think you have enough juice to do the you know Exorcist Believer. After that, I become kind of very skeptical, unless they they knock it out of the park with the first one. But honestly, with with Halloween, that's how I felt with 2018. I was like, this is freaking amazing. And then at least personally for me, when I saw kills, I was like super like that. <laughs> I just did not like the community. It was just kind of like what Will said. I think that they, they raised the stakes too much. It didn't become kind of this like, you know, intimate kind of scary, you know, this is happening in my house or, you know, corner of my street kind of deal. It was like the whole community's involved. You have a protest, you got, it was just too many things going on. And then the third one, I think that they were doing great with the whole, his name's Corey, I think. Right? Corey, mm-hmm. Corey Cunningham. Yep. Yeah. I, I loved that whole thing at the beginning where he's like, oh, like he's, you know, trying to kind of, like you said, garner em- empathy for this, for this guy. Um, but then you also have the, you know, Mike, Mike Myers part. And it's just like, it just didn't blend well together. Um, I think the Corey thing would have been a great standalone story on its own. Um, but I, I mean, on my end, I think it would have been, you know, Halloween 2018 was a top one, then ends and then kills was, was my ranking. But I, that, that is what I'm worried about for exorcist. I think that they can do a decent job with exorcist believer. Um, and I, I don't know. I think that the second one's called deceiver deceiver yeah deceiver so i'm like is he gonna possess like someone else or i mean they, yeah. they, it's like what do you do with that do you think they might it's, go like a three part like part one part two part three instead of it feeling individualized because technically halloween kills is part two right because it picks up it is. very yeah. shortly mm-hmm. like what minutes after uh um, it's the same night oh yeah. Yeah, yeah you're right it's the same exact night so that's what i'm going to be interested in is how it goes between each other because that's going to be the biggest thing do you have like a three movie story to tell me or do you have three different stories to tell me you know mm. that's really going to be one of like the big things point. with yeah and and to piggyback off of that one of the big things with kills because i was thinking about this as, as gabe was talking about it one of the big draws for friends of uh excuse me fans of the franchise for kills was the fact that they brought back some of those legacy characters and like ellen burston and and Linda Blair are really, as far as The Exorcist is concerned, they're really the only two people you can bring back and, and kind of make that work. Yeah. Um, th- there's They don't have as much to play with in terms of bringing characters back or bringing the original cast back with The Exorcist as they do with, uh, with the Halloween films. And I feel like the legacy characters in, in Halloween Kills were 
they were throwaways. You know, I, I mm-hmm. I'm I'm not necessarily a fan of of uh, of what they what they did with those characters. So Same. yeah, I have no idea what they're gonna do in regards to this uh, this trilogy. But I want to ask you guys a question because we we talked about how we think David Gordon Green what he could do right and what he could potentially you know not be able to pull off. But what do you guys think about Blumhouse being behind it as well? Because um, I think I was talking with Chase about it, and Gabe, I want to get your thoughts on this because I, mm-hmm. I I'd be interested to know what you think. When I look at Exorcist, uh, it's a much more psychological, you know, character focused, which we talked about. It's more of a cerebral type of film. And I was thinking about it, and I said, you know, a studio like A twenty four would, I think, to, yeah. if A twenty four was putting this out, that would be mm. something that would like get my attention. Mm-hmm. Because to me, and I don't want to discredit Blumhouse. They've done incredible things. You know, they're they're known for making movies on shoestring budgets and, and making huge returns. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as the content they put out, Blumhouse is more of almost an every man's kind of studio. You know, they put out more mainstream films, whereas A twenty four tends to focus on on more intimate and, and more, you know, mind bending, kind of cerebral, kind of, you know, out of left field type of movies. Right. And and I'm not discrediting Blumhouse at all. Like I said, it, Blumhouse has their place um, in the genre. I just don't know if The Exorcist is ideal for the type of movies that Blumhouse, if that story uh, coincides with a lot of the stuff that Blumhouse is used to putting out. I was just curious what you guys thought about that too. Chase, you want to hop on that one first? or <laughs> That's a lot. To, I, I mean, it's a loaded yeah, I got to think about it. Yeah. It's just, you know, Blumhouse, again, when you look at them, the the movies that they put out are are much more like every man like mainstream whereas mm-hmm. A twenty four is known for you know I guess people I guess some people would call it highbrow horror but mm-hmm. when I look at Exorcist like Exorcist is highbrow horror yeah like, it's, it's it, definitely it is like elevated. elevated horror yeah um yeah I would say like in the aspect of what they have put out for Blumhouse um. I mean, there's not a whole lot that, like, I was Googling this while we were, or while you were asking that question. I was like, man, what great have they put out? Because I remember really being happy when I see that production studio come up, like, mm-hmm. before rolling a movie yeah. at one point, right? Um, so, really, what I'm seeing is uh, Insidious, based on the list I'm looking at, which I thought was Sony. I did not know that was Blumhouse. Um, the Purge, um, they also did Get Out, and yeah. they continue to do, oh, they did Happy Death Day. That was what got my attention from them because that was mm-hmm. completely original it, or it felt original. And that yeah. personally is one of my favorite PG-13 horror movies. I just think it's really fun, really goofy and really good. Mm-hmm. A24 yeah. is like the art house studio for me. I will go watch anything with their logo on it. Now, do they always hit? No, of course not. Not Every, mm-hmm. every studio has a stinker every now and then for sure, right? Mm-hmm. But A24 out of any studio out there, um, I would trust them with anything, right? Mm-hmm. Um yeah. For Exorcist, when it comes to more intimate details and stuff like that, I do agree. I do think A24 would be the better place because A24 literally will make a movie and doesn't care. Like, let's say they put $2 million in production value into it, including marketing and everything. That's its entire budget. They just hope for four, you know, get that back. Cool. Mm -hmm. We'll make another one. We don't care. Everything, everywhere, all at once didn't make an extreme amount of money. But compared to the budget that was entailed with it, because they only had four design video effects coordinators on that if you guys didn't know that is wild mm. for that entire really? movie yeah four. that's crazy is i know it was in the single digits i'm pretty sure it was four to five but wow 
like they will pump it out and whenever they make 50 million off a two million dollar budget they're like cool you know we're happy let's move on to the next thing you know they aren't all about the big corporate shareholders budgets this and that of course every business exists to to make sales right um but i think a24 cares about the craft right um, now that's not to say Bloomhouse doesn't, right? Um, I don't want to take that away from any studio out there because people put love, sweat, and tears into all of these movies, but I would trust A24 with much more with something like this. Absolutely. And mm. I think A24, I mean, I, I, well, they, 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 and I, I don't think they would take something like this cause I think that they're, they're just focused on yeah. original content. Um, but if they did take something like that, this, I think that they would, kind of like what Chase was saying, I think they would focus a little bit more on the craft. I think that you would get something like, which is a big deal for me at least, like you'd get something like, you know, Exorcist Believer like shot on film. You know what yeah. I mean? Like they, they would actually like go to those lengths to say like, we want to try to get this atmosphere as, you know, as accurately as possible. Um, I would totally, like if it was A24, I'd be even more excited. Not And I'm not taking any way, anything away from Blumhouse because I've loved a lot of their releases. It's kind of like what you said, well, where they they have they, they definitely have their own their own ground in, in horror, right? Like they, they definitely do their own thing. And I love a lot of their releases, kind of like some of the ones that uh, Chase was listing. Uh, Happy, mm-hmm. what was it called? Happy Death Day, right? Oh, I love that Happy movie. Death I love Happy Death Day. Love Get Out. Get Out's one of my favorite horror movies in the past few years. Um, Black Phone. Black Phone is an interesting one because I feel like that one kind of, in a oh, way, could almost that? be like A24. I think they did, right? Yeah. Or yeah, you're wrong. right. I didn't, yeah. I didn't go that far down the list. I stuffed it yeah, 2019. Um, so they, 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 I mean, Blumhouse is, uh, is awesome. I mean, I, I, I do get stoked when I see some Blumhouse releases. So um, I, I just don't know. And I haven't looked at a lot of the technical specifications because like, I get that nerdy. I don't, I don't think it was shot on film. I think it was shot on digital, which to me is... I'm really big on that. I know most people probably don't care. Um, mm. But just little things like that, I think, really help kind of give you a good foundation to kind of go off of the first one. I think when you're trying to do something like The Exorcist, I think you really need to focus on even those small, tiny, little nitpick technical aspects. But at the yeah. same time, Blumhouse does have filmmakers and writers that I think that are passionate about horror. Like they do care about horror. Like they look at something like the exorcist and they say, how can we honor this the best way possible? And I think right. David Gordon, Gordon green, I think he absolutely 100% cares and wants to be as faithful as possible. So I, I think the intent is there for sure. I do think something like a 24 would have been very interesting to see, even though I know they don't do anything like that, but um, man, now I'm, I'm getting like kind of this like dream that's never going to happen in a 24. <laughs> A what if episode? We'll 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 do it. Oh man! Create our own that scripts. That would be freaking amazing. Well, the the reason I asked you guys that question is because um, I don't know if you guys have heard that Robert Eggers is involved with a Nosferatu remake. Uh, oh yes. And, oh, I'd heard about that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So there's been there's been banter online as to whether or not because A twenty four has worked so closely with him in the past on those other films, whether mm. or not they would end up picking that up and and distributing that. So that's why I asked that question. Um, mm. Because I think if they did end up doing that in that situation, that would be a first for them. Because I, I don't believe they've they've put out anything that has any connection to an existing franchise or an existing yeah. property. I think, like Gabe was saying, it's been mostly they stick to mostly original original work. So um, that kind of got me thinking, like, oh, it'd be crazy, like in an alternate universe, like what what if uh, a what if scenario if if they took on something like The Exorcist. Oh so, man, that yeah. would have been awesome. 
<laughs> I mean, I guess like to Gabe's point, um, Nosferatu is definitely. It, it, I mean, to us, you know, we we appreciate the finest of the finest of cinema. We all have our flavors and taste. But if you yeah. go out on, if I were to walk outside right now and ask a random oh, person, yeah. hey, you know what oh, I mean? Yeah. They're going to know yeah. what the exorcist is, but they're going to look at me like I'm the yeah. craziest person across their life that day. If I'm like, hey, have you heard of Nosferatu? And they're going <laughs> to, yeah, they're just, they're just going to kind of look at me cross-eyed probably. Um, yeah. So as much as like, I'm so excited for that because I'm pretty sure there's that Willem Dafoe one. Um, that one I really like. Mm. It's been probably a decade since I've seen that one, but I loved that whenever mm. I watched it. The original yeah. still holds a special place. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I would trust A24 with most things. I mean, yeah. yeah, to come full circle, like I think the best thing Blumhouse has put out outside of any of the Jordan Peele movies that they put out was Megan came out this year and Black Phone last yeah. year. So they still do yeah. very solid. But I also feel like that's it's Scott Derrickson. How can you go wrong with the, the Black yeah. Phone? You know, like he did Sinister. Yeah. You give him anything, yeah. just give him the money. He's going to make something great, which to the same point, I have a lot of faith in him. Um david gordon green to get this done because you can feel the passion you know like mm-hmm. people that said that he hated halloween i remember that being something whenever halloween ends happens everyone's like he must hate really? halloween what I, it's just some comments oh. i'm not gonna sit here and like create yeah. a news article and t- cherry pick two like tweets and try to say hey here's what everybody's saying the critics consensus i just remember yeah. saying that seeing that and i just feel like that that's harsh to put on somebody because for them to even dedicate three films they have to have some damn passion mm-hmm. you know what i mean um, yeah, I'd be curious just to, like you guys said, to see what it is. I mean, I was trying to look up what camera was used just now to see it. And that's the most I've seen of exorcist believer. I didn't know it was two girls that it's going to be. Um, yeah. so that's exciting. I mean, I'm a little bit more excited now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I should probably good. start looking up some stills, but I was just trying to find I the camera it, used. It's important to say too, we all want this movie to be good. Oh, you absolutely. Know, I, I think I, I'm not asking no, none of us at least are asking. Cause and this is the problem. I was talking to chase about this earlier gabe is that there's a there's a subset of people out there especially in the horror community that if if it's not the greatest thing god's gift to horror cinema it, it's trash right <laughs> yeah, it's like no. those are that's just the two extremes so you're gonna have people like that out there who are gonna throw shit at this movie just for the sake of of doing so uh and and you know whether it's because they have a bad taste in their mouths from halloween ends or whatever the case may be mm-hmm. you know there's already people out there who have most likely made up their minds about this yeah. because of how they think or how they deem however they view you know green's handling of the halloween trilogy th- their pitchforks are ready they're, they're already ready to mm-hmm. go so i think it's important that you know we just stay optimistic but i mean i don't think any of us want it's we don't want this movie to fail we want the movie to be good i want absolutely. it to be good yeah you know absolutely. i think if this movie is solid even if it's solid I'll that's still great that's, that's still what, well that's what we want right like yeah. i think a solid yeah. movie because like none of us are going into this thinking it's going to be 1973 exorcist like no, we, right. we know that it's too right? high of a bar it's, it's, it, yeah too high of a bar so like it, it what we want is kind of like I mean, to use a weird analogy, like, I mean, with comic book movies, like, like the Batman, right? Like that came out and everyone was comparing it to the Dark Knight. And it's like, yeah, I mean, a lot of people came out saying they liked it better than Dark Knight. I personally still like the Dark Knight better, but it was a solid, good movie. Like I I walked out of that movie like, hell yeah, this is great. Um, Yeah. And I I want the same thing with this. I I know it's not going to reach Exorcist level, but I want to walk out saying, okay, they did something different. I enjoyed it. I had a good time with it. And let's see where they go from there. But yeah, we don't want this film to fail. I don't think we want any film to fail, especially with like the whole atmosphere with, you know, the box office right now and the strikes. Like you need movies out there to financially succeed or else we're not going to get movies like this anymore. Yep. Yeah. Agreed. 
it, it's definitely going to make money. I think the time of year that it's coming out, October sixth, it's it's Perfect. it's spooky season. Everyone's going to want to go out and watch a horror movie. It's I, I, Taylor it's Swift might ruin it because <laughs> <laughs> right, so like like this was this was scheduled for October 13th, the Friday the 13th, right? Which was like a yeah. perfect release date. And then yeah. the freaking Taylor Swift uh, tour movies like, yeah, we're going to come out October 13th. Yeah. So they bumped <laughs> it up to October 6th. And I'm like, man, for Exorcist to actually like say, OK, we're going to move our release yeah. date because of Taylor <laughs> Swift. I'm like, holy shit. Intimidating. <laughs> Yeah. I was laughing at that though because I picture like you know Jason Blum in the office like you know arguing <laughs> over the phone with somebody like why the fuck you know like yeah of course they had to release it on the 13th now we got to move all our shit up a week I just I just it's funny that they moved it though because it's obviously Taylor Swift is that impactful yeah um, I guess so industry. I mean I'm not a hater I mean people like Taylor Swift they like Taylor Swift I just don't yeah. get like how it's this cultural. <laughs> I mean, it's like um, Oppenheimer versus Barbie. They both succeeded and they both came out the same day. Why couldn't like those are two different movies like Barbie is still a big off like big budget, you know, appeal. Mm -hmm. It's a big name. You have Christopher Nolan. It's a big name. So you have two big names. Just like I said, why can't you go see it both? One is literally catered to one type of audience. Exorcist, regardless, like we've said, if you're into horror or drama, if you're a hardcore mm-hmm. Exorcist fan, you're going to go see it. Even if you're a drama fanatic and you just have respect mm-hmm. for Exorcist, you're probably going to go see it out of curiosity. I'm not going to yeah. go see that Taylor Swift movie out of curiosity because I know I'm going to just I'm get not. Taylor Swift. You know what I mean? <laughs> those those yeah. are for fans of Taylor Swift. Like, obviously, yeah. her fans are going to – those are for music fans and just yeah. her fan base specifically. I don't think every person is going to wake up that day and go, yeah, you know what? It's it's October. It's Halloween season. You know, fall is here. I'm gonna go watch the Taylor Swift movie tonight. Like, no, I want to see. I mean, it's fucking I, horror, dude. I want to see. Say some that, dude, it's selling out. Like, apparently, I saw some news article. They have like 30 million in pre-sale tickets or some shit like that. Which yeah, is well, she's mind blowing. She's, she's yeah. Big. Um, All right, guys. But so I don't know. Do you guys ours? know the? Do you guys know? <laughs> <laughs> do you guys know the budget real quick? But, I know we're kind of coming to an end, but like, do you guys know the budget for a Believer? I had it Wait, up on I'm, IMDb just a minute ago. I can tell you. I mean, because I'm guessing they're probably going to get like a. I mean, I'm hoping it's higher. I, I mean, they're, in this they're kind looking of climate, at like 30 I think million. They're, looking at, they're trying to look for. Well, they're trying to. They're looking at 30 to 40 million opening weekend. That's what they're hoping for right now um, mm-hmm. for the opening. Um, now, I, I don't know what the million. budget. 63 million budget. That's a okay. lot. That's a lot. Yeah, I mean, for for a, yeah, I mean, for like a very kind of intimate horror film like this. So they're they're looking at what I mean. They need like a hundred, two hundred, like maybe to make eighty money. million. Yeah, 180, 200 million to clear and make profit, which is, uh, that's gonna be it's intimidating, be tough in this climate, man. I I don't know if I, I know we're stoked for Halloween. We're stoked to see horror films this this month, but yeah. I don't. I I with the changing climate, maybe this whole other podcast episode, but I. I don't know how many people honestly i I haven't been getting at least for me i'm super stoked for it i haven't been getting this vibe from everyone else like even film fanatics they're like yeah fuck yeah i'm gonna go see exorcist opening week yeah i don't see a lot of people talking about it i the hype for halloween 2018 i remember being like i remember more people reacting to that there was more hype around that and i think only because i mean i guess you could say the same for this franchise though like with halloween there hadn't been a Halloween movie in a long time. The last ones were Rob Zombie's remakes. Uh, well, I mm-hmm. should say remake and then subsequent Halloween two, which kind of went off into his own, you know, he, he went into left field with that one. Yeah. So, you know, there hadn't been a solid Halloween movie in a long time. And I think it was, it was just 
the right time to put it out. And obviously, it was the 50th, uh, not the 50th, but for Halloween, it was the 40th anniversary. But I mm-hmm. think everything's kind of lined up for this with the 50th anniversary being this year. Hard to believe it's been that long. But um, I don't know. I think it's going to do decent. Hopefully, it, it has a good opening weekend, you know, for the sake of uh, uh, the business aspect of it. Because the following weekend, it's I feel like it, it's probably going to lose out to the Taylor Swift thing, I would assume. Yeah. Um, with ticket sales, with pre-sales being so high for that. I want to throw this out there. Exorcist, yeah. with this information that I'm going to give you, Exorcist better be able to do a half a billion dollars. So The Nun 2 had a budget of $38 million, and that's the worst movie I've seen this year. It has, year-to-date, made $202 million. Why? What? <laughs> if, Internationally? Uh, I'm just looking at total box office. Yeah. So yeah, that has to be everything altogether. Cause I can't even name four people probably on even the server or the subreddit that have probably gone and seen it. None too. I feel like I'm the only person that went and saw it out of morbid curiosity, yeah. but if yeah. it made $202 million year to date, exorcist can break 300, 400 million all day, like mm-hmm. purely easily. I think that- I, I don't know. Sometimes I, I could be wrong, guys, but like I feel like movies like The Nun, which I mean, I saw the first one. It's probably one of the worst horror films I've Agreed. ever seen in my life. We've talked about this, but like I think The Nun caters more towards a general audience, though, for some reason. It does. Like it, it's like That's you fair. know they see like the spooky nun and they're like, okay, yeah, let's go see it. Yeah. Whereas The Exorcist is kind of, uh, I mean, it's mm. a huge global phenomenon. But I, I feel like we're in a weird climate right now where it's like it's just going to be the film fanatics that go see it. I to a degree. don't know if the general, uh, yeah. I, I could be wrong. No, I would I just mean, pose this to you because it's kind of like uh, Will and I were saying, like if you go back to the very beginning when we were talking about how it affected us, we were just curious. It was supposed to be scary. You know, one of the scariest mm-hmm. movies ever made. We were told not to watch it, this and that, avoid it, you know, the whole nine yards. So like whenever this movie, you know, um, starts popping out there, people get reactions and word of mouth alone. If it's not scary, I feel like that's what's going to kill it for sure. I feel like if word of mouth and somebody's like, yeah, it wasn't scary at all. And that's going to be the biggest thing, even though you really can't compare it to the 73 version, people are going to yeah. go see this to literally sweat and shit their pants. Like, like that, to put it plainly, they, they want to be scared. That's what people are going to want to go that, do. Uh, yeah. And we're hoping Blumhouse is aware of this as well. Like, and I talked, I think I was talking to you guys about this earlier is that I think it's important to understand the uh the context of time and and mm-hmm. when the original was released and the, the it had such an impact at the time because things were different back then you know yep i mean nowadays in 2023 you know most western countries not to get political but we're much more secular right in yep. regards to you know beliefs being mainstream right mm-hmm. um so obviously the impact of that film back in the 70s was what it was because of how we were culturally and and yeah you know, how Agreed. we were as a country, as a people. Mm-hmm. Whereas now in 2023, we're so desensitized to everything. It's, it's you know, our possession films, do they have the same impact nowadays? I, I think you just really have to go balls to the wall and just pull out all the fucking stops to really make something that people are going to be like, wow, that was literally like, like I want to be able to walk on out of that theater and, and say that I felt like they dragged me to fucking hell and back. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I, I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know how gory this movie is going to be. Um, but I hope they don't rely on the gore too much. 
because it will take away from the, the character-focused story that we got in the original. The, the things that made the original stand out was that it was so character-focused, and then you had those scenes of, of gore and just the grotesqueness of the whole mm -hmm. thing thrown at you, and that's what was so shocking about it. You know, it's that contrast where you have these intimate scenes of, of character-building and interactions between these characters, and then all of a sudden they're thrown into this fucking nightmare, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I question how well it's going to do um, initially and then in the coming weeks uh, subsequently after it releases. Um, I want to throw some facts at you guys. Uh, mm -hmm. So I guess The Pope's Exorcist, which came out earlier this year. Awful. Uh, it's another possession <laughs> film. Yeah, I never saw Didn't the movie. Yeah. Um, that was made on an $18 million budget. It made $53 million. So That's decent. You know, and you got Russell Crowe in the lead role, too. Russell Crowe. So, you know, obviously he, he's got some drawing power, but, I mean, that mm -hmm. was Sony. So th they're considering that a success, right? I mean, $18 million and $53 million, pro uh, 53 million box office is great. Um, mm -hmm. The original Exorcist opened... It made $232 million in 1973 and in 2000, which I guess is when they re-released it theatrically mm. for, a, for a stint. Um, yeah, for the so director's adjusted, cut. For the yeah. director's cut. Yeah, so adjusted, um, looking at that, modern day, that's $1.1 billion. So, Golly, Jesus. is inflation that's, that back <laughs> Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. oh, um, it's, it's still, and I want to make sure I'm reading this correctly because I'm just looking at the other movies here because they're this article... According to this, it's still the biggest grossing R-rated movie of all time. Makes sense. And adjusted domestic. That's domestically, at least. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, We're I'm all rooting curious. for it. Like, yeah, I, yeah, I want it for well. it. I, no. And I think the biggest thing, like, what you just to piggyback real quick, what you said, it's, it's, it's a culture change now. We're not living in the same time, but also... <laughs> I think you yeah. were also leaning into this too. There's been so many possession movies since Exorcist has come out, like so yeah. many, right? And yeah. it's like the possession aspect isn't. It's not much you can not, do. It's not scary. I mean, it's, it's yeah. not scary. What made the original so scary is just like the small little disturbing scenes, and they weren't even like that gory, like the crucifix scene, where she's yeah. you know they're opening her legs and stabbing herself with the crucifix. There wasn't a lot of blood, but it's like holy crap, like that is. It's just intense. Yeah, it's intense. Yeah, it's just intense. It's emotionally intense. And it's it, I think they really need to kind of play off stuff like that. Um, or else, you know, they're gonna be struggling a little bit uh, after the first mm -hmm. opening week. I agree yeah. with that. I think I think they can make it effective, but I think they have to find a way to, as a viewer, get under your skin first mm -hmm. and, and really connect you with these characters and really involve you in what's happening before they throw the hellish stuff at you, whether it's the gore or the grotesqueness of it. I, I think they really need to find a way to, to make it relatable um, before they just, you know, if you go in there and they're just throwing, you know, horrible imagery at you and blood mm -hmm. and gore, but you don't care about the characters, it's, it's all for nothing, you know? And, and that's what the original film does so well. And word uh, of mouth, right, too? Like, so, like, people saw the original yeah. film and it was like, holy shit, yeah. you need to go see this movie. And Run I think that and go this movie... It. Yeah, I think yeah. this movie can maybe do the same thing if people are invested in the characters and there's enough kind of, you know, uh, like you said, not blood and gore, but just like some kind of disturbing scenes that stick with you. And people, you know, yeah. I think word of mouth can honestly have a huge role with this movie where it's like opening week, all the film fanatics go see it. They start telling other people, you need to go see this movie. Um, yeah. So, yeah, man, I mean, I, th I think we're all excited for it. I think we all want it to succeed. 
Um, I can sit here and talk about Exorcist all day, but I know we're already at, what are we at, like almost like an hour and a half to <laughs> No, we're, we're, we got our final five minutes to go ahead and close out with what okay. we're looking forward to just to get back full circle to mm-hmm. the physical media realm. Um, I know we were talking about it before we went live on this. Um, what are we looking forward to? Moving past a little bit of the believer aspect, but things that are coming out here in the next couple of weeks. Um, for the physical media report, I will say um, I'm just really looking forward to Megan. I had an absolute joy. Like, uh, I mean, if you can't tell, I tend to like, you know, you know, uh, Chucky and stuff. So anything remotely close to that, um, I tend to get really excited for black phones coming out in 4K. Hopefully that's solid because Cocaine Bear apparently looks like trash in 4K, which I really didn't think that needed a 4K outside of maybe the sound mix. Yeah. yeah, because like that's one of the things HDR and the sound mixing. It's really never the resolution, especially when you have CGI bears snorting cocaine. What do you really expect? So <laughs> yeah, it's was, it was pretty VFX heavy too, which is expected. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, and, and most of that's finished like at two K. Yeah, like physical um, release is coming up. It, it's pray for you. To, You're excited for pray. Pray is one I'm like super stoked for because yeah. I yeah. freaking loved watching that. And I mean, I this is the first time we're going to see it on, on disc. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm super stoked. I think the, you know, I think the transfer has the possibility of like looking at like one of the best transfers of the year, especially because the nighttime scenes, the fire oh, and all yeah. that stuff. Like I think it's going to look freaking phenomenal. Um, I'm, I'm not excited for, but I, I'm looking, I'm curious into like the whole like Disney steel books. You got Loki coming out and all that. Um, mando and all that stuff so i'm curious as to looking into that too but prey is probably the biggest one for me coming out for sure that i'm excited for absolutely how about you will uh i got a bunch i mean we were talking about we yeah we were talking about that earlier we were talking about scream 3 uh night Mm -hmm. of the demon a little bit more boutique stuff for me Mm because i like that stuff which i was supposed to get night of the demons i guess (laughs) yesterday but scream factory decided to give me uh, two copies of Black Christmas instead. <laughs> so that's um, crazy. Yeah, I'll, I'll yeah I'll be looking into that. But yeah, pray definitely. I want to mention. I want to piggyback off of what you said, Gabe, because I am curious how well these transfers look regarding prey and some of the Marvel stuff. Because you know, mm-hmm. as we know, Disney has suddenly they've done a 180, and now apparently they're committed to physical media again, based on some of their recent press releases. So. I'm curious to see how these end up looking and and what the extras are like on these discs. So I'll definitely be checking out Prey. I have that pre-ordered. Uh, Scream 3, The Mist is another one that I'm looking forward to. Um, I'm probably going to end up getting Black Phone. It's just I've had to be like super selective with, with, with what I buy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually skipping Rosemary's Baby. Oh, uh, I'm just I'm not a big fan mm-hmm. of the... Um, I don't really like the cover art, and I feel like they're going to put out a steel book for that down the road. So I'm going to hold off the same for the uh, for the steel book. I'm just not a fan of the cover art. I love the movie, um, mm. but Friday the Thirteenth, Megan. Ooh. I think I got Megan as well. Yep. Uh, and then uh, Pumpkinhead, which is also coming out. Mm. And you're um, a fan of that movie, for, right? I love Pumpkinhead, dude. I think it's an awesome like Halloween like monster movie. It's it's yeah. really well done. Yeah. I, I can't say the same for the follow-ups and the sequels, but the first movie is is a, a awesome little horror movie. If you guys are looking for something to watch this fall, definitely check that out. Um yeah, that's all that's come to mind for me. Terrifier 2 is getting a steelbook if anybody's interested in that. 
Oh yeah, I saw that. Great movie. Oh, the, uh, the others it. is coming out too on Criterion. Oh, I heard, yeah. I heard oh. it doesn't have HDR. I was just about to say. Of, yeah. Oh man, I was so pissed off. I don't. I don't. Well, I don't know how that works, man. Apparently, There's that's a whole director. thing with Criterion about that, right? Because it didn't. Yeah. Didn't somebody? I don't know if it was Craig or someone else. Someone in the Discord uh, posted uh, a the clip reasoning. of one of the one of the guys from Criterion talking about Dolby Vision yeah. or, or HDR and how they they don't really care for it, I guess. But mm. no, that was I actually into that whole situation. I read that this morning before we went live. Just for anybody that's curious while they're listening, that's apparently mm. the director, not Criterion, did not oh, want not that type of HDR. Yeah, it oh, was okay. the director. <laughs> apparently didn't want the HDR, which that's the biggest improvement in my personal opinion for 4K. Right. You know, otherwise, okay. yeah. If Blu-ray had HDR, I would just get a 1080p disc for the yeah. most part with HDR. You know, unless right, it's an right. old film, it really doesn't matter. But um, I mean, Night of the Living Dead still looked great, but would have looked better with HDR in my opinion. Um, yeah. So because black and white tends to look the amazing with uh um, oh, yeah. hdr but that's the reason i just wanted to chime in because i th- found that really weird that a director didn't want hdr well roger right. deakins doesn't like hdr either he's the cinematographer mm. for like blade runner um he did a uh, sicario um weird and he says he really doesn't care for it um so there's been debate about that kind of like you know like why wouldn't you utilize it um but and he's one of the honestly in my personal opinion he's probably one of the greatest cinematographers like the that have worked in the industry so it's interesting his take on it he, he doesn't care for hdr yeah are you guys excited for that paramount scares uh box set there's Not a lot of i'm hearing a lot of chatter yes. about that yeah. for some reason i mean i saw it's it kind of, i'm, I'm kind of it's like, like yeah uh, i mean nope. it's it's like i mean the the it's weird titles that they chose for the first one too it is it's like a mixed, that's, mixed that's bag of say. just like yeah it's like what yeah. <laughs> who, who chooses this yeah. <laughs> i have all of them that's yeah, why. I have, to, I have most of them too, and I'm like, title. yeah, I was gonna say I own half of them anyway. That's like, I was mm-hmm. like, why are people like excited about this? Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm, well, I'm not dogging anybody. I just didn't understand what, because I've heard a lot of chat about it, like on the Blu-ray forums and like uh, on some of the other Discord channels I'm in, like the mm-hmm. Steelbook channel. A lot of people are like mentioning it, and I'm like, well, first of all, it's, it's well, not that they only talk about Steelbooks there, but I just found it weird that like it seemed like it was getting some traction. I just didn't expect that to really be one that people would be uh be talking about but i think it's great if you if you don't have them you know what i mean if you don't have most of those titles and you actually wanted to get them at some point for sure i mean i think that's a a good set to get but if i I know a lot of us probably own at least half of those titles already yeah i want to grab the others too but i'm I'm probably going to wait for the november sale like i know you guys oh yeah the november so yeah that's true july and november for me for criterion but yeah it'd be nice to watch it around this time of year but i mean that that'd be a nice watch for november anyway mm-hmm. yeah and with cool. that being said uh will do you want to go ahead and close this out yeah we appreciate everybody tuning in for our first uh our first episode here we had a lot of fun talking about the exorcist we we could all go on for hours and hours more but i don't think anybody wants to listen to us for that long but like yeah. i said <laughs> earlier when we when we introed uh there's a lot of stuff that we want to do with this there's so much that we want to talk about and we're so happy that we can finally get this off the ground and all come together and and make it work so uh for anybody out there that's listening and, and discovers this stay tuned um, you can find us on Discord. Uh, just, just, just be on the lookout. We're gonna try to do this, if not biweekly, at least once a month. Uh, and, and as we said, in addition to just the standard podcast, 
that you're listening to now, we're going to do a lot of other things regarding physical media reviews, unboxing, a lot of solo stuff that we'll all be working on. So yeah, there's a lot of fun stuff that we have planned, and uh, we're super excited to, to to get into it moving forward. We we hope everybody's uh, ready to come along for the ride. It's going to be fun. Yep. Um, and you guys can catch us kind of like what Will said. You can catch us on the 4K Blu-ray Reddit. You can catch us on the uh, server as well. The link to the server is on the Reddit page. Um, and we're looking forward to giving you guys more content. Yeah, absolutely. And if you guys want to chat with any of us individually, my app for pretty much anything is Shrewokang. You can find me pretty much anywhere with that username. Um, and otherwise, you'll see me talking about the most Z-list horror movies in the server or even the subreddit occasionally. Um, but we're all pretty active. So yeah, stay tuned for some exciting stuff and look forward to hearing our blessed voices a lot more from the heavens above. Catch you guys later. Thank you guys. Take Thank you guys for tuning in. Well, that was a bitch, but now it's done. <laughs>